today we're going to talk about the Law of One Session 13, uh, which came January 29, 1981. <clears throat> this is the re-listened version. Uh, this is the link right here. Uh, this session um, shows Don um, getting very focused on essential uh, questions, questions of essential principles of soul evolution and cosmic plan, particularly cosmic plan. So this session is very much about cosmology, the, uh, the teachings of how creation came to be, the principles of cosmic plan. And then there are some questions about the densities, first and second, and harvest. And so third, and uh, we probably end up doing this in two parts. There are 27 exchanges, uh, 13.0, the first greeting of Ra is, as always, I greet you in the love and the light of the infinite creator. I communicate now. <clears throat> and the first thing that Don says is to apologize. He says, I first thing I would like to do is to apologize for stupid questions that I've asked while searching for what we should do. And <clears throat> I think he's referring to things like, uh, you know, if I captured a men in black and put him in my closet, could I keep him there? <laughs> uh, interestingly, uh, he's coming to understand now that there are topics of more or less importance. Uh, and he, you know, uh, going beyond the kind of topics that are often the focus of UFO conferences, like uh, tell us about the men in black or the Bigfoot or that particular sighting or UFO contact. What did they look like? What did they say? How big was the ship? What was the speed? Uh, you know, tell us the details of um, their name and the, the little uh, facts and figures. This is considered transient information. This is not the purpose of the raw contact. Uh, it's fine to ask, but <clears throat> the real purpose that raw, you know, for which raw made contact is to present the principles of soul evolution and cosmic plan, and a proper weighting, how to weigh uh, information, what's more important than than others, and we see in the Howard Storm contact. Uh, when he asked about certain things, he was told that's not so important. That's not important. Some people these days who like to fight will say, how dare you say that's not important? Everything's important. Or nothing's important. So the nihilist says nothing's important. And the, the relative relativist says everything's important. But actually, <laughs> from spiritual perspective, from metaphysics, there is more or less important. Talking about the principles of evolution is a lot more important than talking about the details of UFO craft or Men in Black and Bigfoot. And Don has got that now <clears throat> and basically apologizes. And then a couple of questions here at the beginning of session 13 asks uh, about the title and how to investigate the Law of One. Uh, his long comment or statement at 13.1 is unclear. Ross says your query is unclear. Would you please state as separate queries each area of agreement, meaning, you know, Don's asking, would you agree of this? Would you agree to that? And so we can see that Don is moving back to alignment with uh, the essential. And uh, Ra 
honoring the law of free will is basically saying, you know, you can do what you see as best. 13.2, Don says, first I'd like to start at the beginning of creation, as far back as we can go, and follow the development of man to the present time. Is it agreeable? <laughs> Ra says, this is completely your discernment, understanding, decision. So, <clears throat> discernment leads to understanding, leads to decision. Each decision uh, is born of a certain understanding uh, that is the result of uh, capacity for discernment. And so, the more we develop discernment, as Yeshua said, as clever as snake, clever as serpent, right? Harmless as dove, clever as serpent, which really just means love wisdom, that's all. Harmless is the ahimsa, Gandhi's prime teaching. Harmlessness is the highest yoga. It's one way of, it's been said that. And uh, it's the root of heart chakra activation. Then, you know, it needs wisdom. Wisdom is primarily the discernment to realize the uh, processy or, or um, functional conceptualization. What is discernment? What is discernment? Seeing true. What is true? Well, true in the sense of um, uh, that we have it under the veil here in 3D physical is um, functional and effective um, accurate conceptualization. Conceptualization of process and of systems and of interaction in a general sense. You know, to discern this is more important than, uh, than something else uh, as Ra says, as Gautama says, as Yeshua says, as um, the angels and whoever it was that met Howard Storm said, this is important or that's not important. They all speak that way. There, is, there are matters of greater importance and lesser importance. Each one of those spiritual teachers said that. When Jesus said, don't, throw your, don't cast your pearls before swine, uh, that's not helpful to give something of great value to someone who doesn't appreciate it. That's not important. That's not helpful. So the perception of greater and lesser value is a, a feature of discernment. It leads to understanding and it leads to decision. And the quality of our decision will determine will be determined by the quality of our discernment. So uh, wisdom is essential, uh, as essential as love. 13.3, Don <clears throat> says, I'd like to title the book The Law of One by Ra. Is it agreeable? Again, Ra says the title of the book is acceptable. The authorship, uh, and this is an important point, the authorship by vibratory sound complex Ra, meaning the word Ra, in, is, in our distortion of understanding, incomplete. We are messengers. And that's why the original title was by Ra, a humble messenger of the Law of One. And that's what came out in this exchange, 13.4. The next one, Don's asked, ask, can you state who then should author the book? Meaning, <laughs> who's the author? <clears throat> well, of course, the author is the One Infinite Creator. <laughs> so, the raw material by the One Infinite Creator uh, the authorship of all, of any, production, of course, is the one infinite creator because, you know, the seven rays, the seven colors, the, the seven fields of creation came from the white light, 
they're simply forms of the white light. The white light came from the void, from intelligent infinity, before the white light. What's that? That's the one infinite creator. <clears throat> so the seven coming came through the three from the one. The one through the three goes to the seven. <clears throat> the substance of the seven is not different from the one that became the three and the seven. <laughs> so the substance of the seven, seven dimensions, seven rays, seven chakras, levels of being, body, mind, spirit, <clears throat> the substance of that is the same substance as the one that produced it. That one is the manifestation of the infinite, intelligent infinity. So all is the one infinite creator, therefore all is authored by the one infinite creator. It's all God. And that's the, you know, beyond the logos even. So Ra says, well, <clears throat> I can only request that if your discernment understanding, so again, discernment is the basis of understanding, I can only request that if your discernment understanding suggests the use of this vibratory sound complex, Ra, the phrase, a humble messenger of the law of one, be appended. And that's the, that was the original title, the Ra material by Ra, <laughs> a humble messenger of the law of one. And they mean it. <clears throat> they really mean it. They are humble um, simply because they recognize their position in, in the infinite creation. And so, again, as I've said, humility, uh, true humility, um, is simply um, the recognition of one's relative position in creation. When you realize, you know, the, the majesty, the, the glory of beings and life beyond us, naturally there's humility, which is not even humility, it's just realism. It's just um, clear seeing of, of self and totality. <clears throat> now, even though self is essentially totality, our manifestation of totality is uh, less than total. So, uh, that's that's the basis then uh, in the session of the reorientation that Don is making to um, stay focused on the principles. So then we get into cosmology 13.5. <clears throat> Just a second. <clears throat> and so, uh, Don says, Don asks, can you tell me of the earliest first known thing in the creation? Don says the first known thing in the creation is infinity. The infinity is creation. Now, creation is a created manifestation of an infinity that is the basis of creation. The creation being the uh, expression of an infinite creator, right? Creation implies a creator or a creating, creating function or agent, ultimately is an expression of an infinite agent, the one infinite creator, or the one infinite or infinity. The infinity, or infinity, is creation. Don goes on, from this infinity then must come what we experience as creation. What was the next step or the next evolvement? And this is so interesting. Ross says, infinity became aware. This was the first step. Infinity <clears throat> is actually um, reality before any um, discernible process or condition. You know, uh, 
in the Buddhist understanding of uh, nirvana or nibbana or nibban, depends on what language you use, uh, it's considered the unconditioned. The unconditioned. Uh, there is nothing, it is a realization that all is unconditioned, that all that appears conditioned, uh, arising, persisting, and passing away, birth and death, right? What arises, passes away. That, uh, that sequence is about conditioned phenomena, dhammas, dharmas, phenomenon, an appearance, the basis, you know, there's appearance, the causal basis of appearance, there's the source of the interplay of causality and appearance, right? So there's apparent duality, there's causal unity, or the, the one um, substance that, that uh, shifts or vibrates and leads to dualistic appearance, right? Me and you, this and that, coming from causal basis which is invisible, uh, and is of the one, and then there's the source of that dyad being duality and unity. The interplay of uh, substance and appearance, or cause and effect, right? Uh, what appears and the cause of what appears, that pair, appearance and causal basis, is itself produced by something, and that's produced by awareness by the awareness of infinity. Infinity itself, as truly unconditioned, is even before awareness. So intelligent infinity is actually uh, the first stage of, of creation. You can say that the one infinite is intelligent infinity. The phrase, the term intelligent, implies awareness. But actually, the nature of that intelligent infinity, or aware infinity, is infinity, <laughs> before any appellation or any discernible condition. It is the unconditioned. It is the, the preconditioned, the non-conditioned. It is. Um, and that's, um, it's, in Buddhism it's called suchness. It's just <laughs> as it is. And that's infinity. So, when we say intelligent infinity, we're actually talking about the first step. It's the basis of creation, but it's actually um, a, a, there's already been a modulation. There's already been a vibratory activity of that infinity becoming aware. Infinity became aware, that was the first step. That's a step. Before the step is simply infinity, and that infinity is unity. So, the infinite one, suchness, the unconditioned. Then, so this is, you know, this is a really key cosmology, and um, very interesting. 13.7, after this, what happened? <clears throat> um, Ra says, it's interesting, Ra doesn't say, I am Ra, for some reason. Maybe this is above Ra. <laughs> so, they're really coming out of the eighth density voice. Ra said, awareness the infinity, infinity becoming aware. Awareness led to the focus of infinity into infinite energy. You have called this by various vibrational sound complexes or words, the most common to your ears being logos or love. The creator is the focusing of infinity as an aware or conscious principle called by us as closely as we can 
create understanding, learning in your language, intelligent infinity. So, <clears throat> the infinite, the unconditioned, became aware. That awareness uh, focalized its infinity into infinite energy. And so, when we're talking about the process of um, enlightenment or the activation of healing power, Ra talks about the descent of energy or the energy flow from eighth dimension through into sixth chakra. And from beyond the logos, uh, eight, or the logoic being in eight, through seventh chakra, through into sixth chakra, coming out as intelligent energy. And so, <clears throat> uh, one way of defining then the logos, or the creator of a seven-dimensional system, which comes after the infinite one. You know, the one infinite creator is a step four stage above, greater than a Logos. The individual stars that create planets and solar systems, which are seven-dimensional octaves, generally, as far as I know, those seven-dimensional octaves born of the stars, born of the, which is a Logoic expression, the expression of a Logos, which in Greek means, the wor means word, but Ra is also calling it love, which is very interesting. Uh, those logoi can be understood as infinite energy, which is uh, a step down again from intelligent infinity or infinity. <clears throat> and then we've got um, the the stage of creator, and so in a way, um, it can be said that this the the reality of infinity prior to creation is prior to the creator, is, is pre-creational. That's infinite God, the one infinite, uh, that is, has infinite awareness, or intelligent infinity, gives birth to intelligent energy. Um, <clears throat> we can say that the Logos is the creator. We can also say that, you know, infinity is the creator. So, in this case, Ra is saying that the, this um, Logos, which is word or uh, seven-dimensional octave creator, or love, infinite love, this creator is a focusing of infinity as an aware or conscious principle. And that's, that's very interesting. So Ra is kind of going back and forth with the two terms, infinite energy and intelligent infinity. So, uh, in in its beingness, the uh, the creator of a, of an octave can be called intelligent infinity. In its manifestation or creative act, creative functioning, it can be called intelligent energy. They're really not so separate. You know, you can split hairs and say, well, one is can be related to eighth chakra, and the other one is sixth chakra. But there, you know, the 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 lines between sixth and seventh and eighth dimensions are very thin. They're very subtle. They're really just a shift of of attention, actually. So, in my view, so um, the awareness of infinity or infinity becoming aware um, leads to a focusing. That awareness is a focusing. That focusing of infinity, infinity becoming aware, 
uh, generates the, the position, the condition, these are conditions now, of infinite energy. Um, this infinite energy can be called the logos or love, which are the, oct the creators of seven-dimensional octaves. They are the stars. <laughs> the stars as logoi, plural, uh, creators of, se of solar systems and seven-dimensional octaves. These creators, or this creator, is, and this is the, the key phrase, the creator, that which creates octaves and, and galaxies, of course. The creator, or a creator, is the focusing of infinity as an aware or conscious principle. So the focusing of infinity by awareness, the, the generation of awareness within infinity, the, the generation of awareness by infinity um, is a focusing of infinity. And that generates um, the beingness of a creator, which is an aware or conscious uh, principle. Uh, and that then gives birth to love. So Ra had, uh, gives birth to light, I'm sorry. Ra had said that the nature of energy is light, and the origin of, ener of light is the action of free will upon love. Uh, the free will upon love is actually will or infinite power acting upon the creative principle of the logoi, of a logos, of a focused, a focusing of infinity and an awareness, a focalized conscious awareness of infinity or infinity as a focused um, awareness. Infinity as focused awareness or the focusing of infinity into awareness is the, is the basis of uh, the creator. And that creator uh, can, um, you know, can be considered um, intelligent infinity, which, you know, doesn't seem too different here than infinite energy. Uh, and it's the, the distinction between um, a logos and, um, you know, uh, infinity itself. So <laughs> infinity gets focused, but it's still infinity. It's, it's a focus within infinity. I mean, again, you know, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a Buddha, so I can't explain it all. And um, human words don't match so well. <clears throat> but this focusing of infinity uh, generates a creator or is the basis of the creators who um, are the action of free will upon love, <laughs> of infinite will upon infinite love. And that gives birth to light, or the octaves. 13.8, uh, can you state the next step? <clears throat> and so this is very interesting. Draw says that the next step is still at this space-time nexus, meaning now, space-time nexus in your illusion achieving its progression as you may see it in your illusion, the illusion of limits or the illusion of light, light being um, uh, like a dream, all light, meaning the octave. The next step is an infinite reaction to the creative principle following the law of one in one of its primal distortions, freedom of will. So <clears throat> uh, the next step after the uh, focusing of infinity that leads to the uh, generation of create points of creation, 
points of, you know, what we see as multiple stars in multiple galaxies, this is really a manifestation of infinity and are not, these are not separate points of light. These are basically uh, what we see as separate points of light is basically the shining of, of a great, uh, of a great um, lattice of um, shimmering light with nodal points that we call stars and octaves, stars, planets, and octaves. So stars and planets, which are octaves, which are seven-dimensional, which um, are the radiation of what we call, what, we, what appears as particular stars, uh, are basically um, like um, uh, radiant points of light in, in the grand lattice necklace of creation. You know, the grand shimmering um, net. Actually, Gautama talked about it as Brahma, the jeweled net of Brahma. The jewel, the, the radiant points of light, um, you know, that are, that, <clears throat> that exist um, upon the infinite net of the Creator. Actually, the source of of the create of, of those points of light, so that net, the infinite net of creation, um, with um, radiant points of light that we call stars and galaxies, and then of course there are planets, and each of those are seven dimensional, or have multiple dimensions, multiple octaves actually. Uh, that is the the net, the one jewel net of uh, intelligent infinity. And <clears throat> what happens after that is infinite, uh, is endless progression. <clears throat> infinite reaction to the creative principle following the law of one or in accord with the, with the law of free will, the freedom of will. Thus, many, many dimensions, infinite number, not just seven, of course, many, many dimensions, infinite number are possible and, and exist. The energy moves from the intelligent infinity due first to an outpouring of randomized creative force, this then creating patterns which in holographic style appear as the entire creation no matter which direction or energy is explored. These patterns of energy then begin to regularize their own local rhythms and fields of energy, thus creating dimensions and universes. So <clears throat> I use the term universe to mean totality of creation all galaxies, all stars, all dimensions. Uh, some people use, have the idea that there are many universes, or Ra seems to use that term, this, use this term that way, use that term as there are many universes. I don't, I don't use the term universe because universe means one, and verse means turning. So the single turning or um, radiant vibratory spinning, <laughs> turning, manifestation of the of intelligent infinity uh, to me is the universe <clears throat> and within that are many galaxies what we perceive as galaxies of particular stars and octaves uh, dimensions being you know the, the, the subsets of, of an octave uh, that is um, patterns of energy regularized these uh, octaves and uh, stars and galaxies 
is a regularization, a regularizing of local rhythms and fields of energy. And so we have many dimensions, infinite dimensions, um, with the energy flow from infinity or intelligent infinity uh, due first to some outpouring of randomized creative force. Uh, you know, this, this is uh, the source of the sun, uh, the light that pours forth from a sun can be considered, or in my very limited understanding, is comparable to an outpouring of randomized creative force, which, uh, but here we're talking about cosmology and how um, initial galaxies were formed or the basis of galaxies. That creates patterns, so you could just see that, you know, there is sort of a source of force, <laughs> the source of force is uh, the basis of light. Right? The act activity of free will upon love, infinite will acting on infinite love, which are the logoi, because uh, Ra's made the equation, logoi can be seen as, can be understood as love, uh, that are acted upon by infinite energy coming through, or intelligent infinity in its, in its um, aware form that naturally generates energy. So anyway, you can get some kind of basic sense of this, and um, it's it's very theoretical, very abstract, but uh, I think you can get some sense of the progression. So going further, 13.9, Don asks, then can you tell me how the galaxy and this planetary system were formed? So now we're going from the macro to the micro, and um, Ross says, you must imagine a great a great leap of thought in this query, for at the last query, the physical universes were not yet born. And so, um, the regularizing into patterns of energy, or the patterns of energy regularizing in local ways, meaning local solar systems or galaxies, and then of later planets and dimensions, uh, that regularizing is actually before the physical universe. And that's um, first dimension. First dimension uh, can be understood, we'll see later in the session, uh, I've understood it two ways. One is elemental and the second is mineral. Elemental is pre-physical. It's not yet physically born. And in, in some Western metaphysics, Alice Bailey material, it's called the, the, devolution, uh, the devolutionary arc, A-R-C. And that is... Um, energy that become that, that eventually regularizes into uh, tetradic, meaning a fourfold elemental, what we call earth, water, fire, air. That tetrad or quad, you know, quadrant, the mandala, the mandala of the four elements, is itself a focal, focalizing or regularizing of energy that was not yet even formed in those ways. Uh, before first density. But those four elements, earth, water, fire, air, as a mandala, a, quadrat, a quadratic <laughs> quadratic formula, or a, a tetradic mandala, meaning fourfold, is the basis of the mineral kingdom, and is actually the basis of all physical manifestation. And so Ra is saying, in the quote before, this... Um, 
you know, uh, outpouring of randomized creative force creating patterns like a holograph um, that then regularizes into local rhythms and fields of energy. All of that is still before the uh, Galactic Big Bang. That's, um, so it's actually before first density. There were no seven densities yet, but it's comparable to what happens in first density. Uh, so I would say, no, it's not first density yet. <laughs> the physical universes were not yet born. I don't know. I really couldn't say if that's first density or pre-first density, but uh, we can see what's going on. And it's very similar to the biblical account in Genesis, uh, where we see some kind of chaos forming into order. Um, Ra goes on, the energies moved in increasingly intelligent patterns until the individualization of various energies emanating from the creative principle of intelligent infinity became such as to be co-creators, um, I think that may be talking about stars and galaxies, thus the so-called physical matter began, what you call physical matter. And so before the birth of stars and galaxies, we see this kind of um, swirling, um, I forget, the, you know, there's a phrase about that in Genesis, this kind of swirling or moving in increasingly intelligent patterns until there's an individualization of various energies, uh, a kind of uh, further focalizing, emanating from the creative principle of intelligent infinity. And that becomes co-creators, that begins physical matter, that is the big banging, and the creation of galaxies and stars and those octaves. So I guess that was before first density. The concept of light is instrumental in grasping this great leap of thought as this vibratory, this vibrational distortion of, of infinity, meaning light, is the building block of that which is known as matter, the light being intelligent and full of energy, thus being the first distortion of intelligent infinity which was called by the creative principle. So uh, again, the nature of energy is light, the origin of light is the action of free will upon love, said Ra. Uh, this free will, in a way, is actually the focalizing of infinity into awareness, or infinity becoming aware, becoming intelligent infinity. That uh, intelligent infinity is not really different um, than its um, activity, than, than the love or logoi uh, that, it that it impresses. Uh, but that's sort of a, the logoi or infinite love points are a further step down. So that's why they say the action of free will upon love. The love, love is the second principle. So the first principle is will, the second is love, the third is light. The law of free will, the law of love, law of light. We can say in cosmological terms, the focusing of infinity by awareness or into awareness, with awareness, to become aware infinity, which is intelligent infinity, um, is the principle, I, I would say, you know, is comparable to the principle of free will, or will, infinite will, that then uh, acts upon infinite love, its own infinite love, which can also be seen as the logoi, or the local creators, that gives birth to light. And so, uh, light is a concept. <laughs> light is not reality. Light is a concept. The concept of light. So the concept of light is the basis of the appearance of energy. 
the appearance of energy is the causal basis of matter. So matter is a form of energy, right? Mr. Einstein said E equals mc squared. So matter is a manifestation of energy. Energy is actually um, generated by light. Light is a concept. The whole creation is a concept. You are dancing thoughts. Vibratory concepts. <laughs> the octaves, the manifestation of creation, is the mind of God. It's the mind, it's intelligent infinity in its progression of self-awareness. It's all in your mind, baby. It's all mind. And so there was a school of Buddhism called Mind Only. Uh, Buddhism is very esoteric. And um, those guys that were called, they're kind of Vijnana Nana, something like that, Mind Only school in Buddhism, early Buddhism, Mahayana. They were criticized by other guys who said, don't call it mind. <laughs> you're, you're, um, you're reifying reality. Don't make reality a concept, because it's a concept already. <laughs> but the concept, or the idea that reality is a concept, is itself a concept. So emptiness is also empty, of course. So uh, at that point, you just can't say, you know, that's why it's called the wordless, the boundless, you know. Mm, it is what it is, suchness. Uh, the concept of light, again, light, the basis of energy, the basis of matter, the basis of appearance, the octaves, light, right, born of infinite will and infinite love, is a concept. The concept of light is instrumental in grasping this great leap of thought, this is all leaping thought, actually, dancing thoughts. This is, creation is a dancing thought. Creation is leaping thought. <laughs> all creation is leaping thought. Really. Concept of light is instrumental in grasping this great leap of thought, this leaping thought of creation, as this vibrational distortion of infinity, right? So we're all talking just, everything here is distortion. Infinity is infinity. Every modulation or formulation or focalizing of it is a distortion. As this vibrational distortion of infinity, meaning light, is the building block of that which is known as matter, yeah, the light being intelligent and full of energy. That's light love. The basis of the phrase light love, or light that is essentially love, thus we call it light love, or love light, is... Uh, presented in this phrase, in this in this uh, this portion of the sentence, the light being intelligent and full of, full of energy. The light being intelligent and full of energy is its sentience, its native um, self-awareness, its native sentient, sensitive um, awareness. That is light love. So the light being intelligent and full of energy thus being the first distortion of intelligent infinity, which was called by the creative principle, meaning the, the desire, the urge of, of infinity for creation. The urge of infinity to manifest is the creative principle. So, this light of love, right, there you go, this light of love, or light love, was made to have in its occurrences of being, it was made to have in its occurrences of being, and in the way it occurs, certain characteristics, among them the infinite whole paradoxically described by the straight line, as you'd call it, 
meaning um, linear as spherical. <laughs> this paradox is responsible for the shape of the various physical illusion entities you call solar systems, galaxies, and planets, all revolving and tending towards the lenticular. The lenticular just so happens to look like an eye, E-Y-E. The eye is lenticular, and like a lens, particular. And uh, let me see if I can find it. looks like a cloud, like a lens-shaped cloud, or a lens-shaped anything. And uh, that is the form of eye, of, of the human organ of perceptions, the, the visual perception organ being the eyes. We have two eyes. Uh, when thine eye becomes single, uh, thou shalt be full of light. Or something like that, said Yeshua. Thine eye becomes single is the unification of dual perception. Dual perception is um, a sub-six chakra um, being. Six chakra, six dimension, the law of one, unified self, recognition that all is complete and whole and perfect, no paradox, no polarity, unity, consciousness, awareness of unity, perception of the infinity of space and the infinity of consciousness, actually, that is thine eye become single. Um, the the uh, activation of six chakra, which is qualitatively a step above the common means of perception being dualistic vision. Two ears, two eyes, the quadrant. The unification of two ears and two eyes is full six chakra, seven chakra activation, interaction, interplay. So the two eyes and the two ears, which are actually fifth chakra, fourth chakra, the, mo the dualistic modes of perception and development, uh, or the uh, standard equipment of perception, visual and auditory perception, seeing and hearing, the dual eyes, the dual ears, um, is testament to the uh, dualistic consciousness native to third density. In terms of facial chakras, the eyes pertain to fourth, the ears pertain to fifth. Uh, we see, and our capacity to see with eyes relates to our capacity to uh, accept and feel, accept the visual. Our ability to hear is acceptance of, of vibratory sound complex, of sound, right? Vibratory sound and vibratory sound complex, or sound and word. The uh, apperception, the perceiving of sound and word uh, of the ears at our stage by the equipment is dualistic, two ears, right and left. Um, the unification of the two ears, well, the two ears, in my understanding, uh, pertain to uh, fifth chakra uh, wisdom, wisdom development. And actually, in Buddhism, one of the signs of the Buddha is big ears. And when you see somebody in Chinese medicine, that's correlated with good kidneys and constitutional strength. Uh, when you see a person with big ears, um, physiognomically, it's considered to be a soul that listens well. So in our culture, we say, hey, hey, it's funny, he looks like Dumbo. 
Dumbo the elephant with the big ears. But actually, that's considered a pretty high soul, the guy with big ears. Not always, not always. But at least that's a person who can learn, who's committed to learning, normally. That's one physiognomic reading of big ears. And so that's, that's related to um, capacity to listen well, uh, development of wisdom. How do we develop wisdom? We have to listen well. <laughs> the, the capacity to listen well is the basis of wisdom. The capacity to see clearly is the basis of love. Love being understanding or uh, unconditional acceptance. Understanding, you see Ron talked about discernment leading to understanding, leading to decision, or the interplay of the triad, discernment, understanding, um, decision. Understanding is very is a quote, associated with fourth chakra. Fourth chakra is associated with love and acceptance. Fourth chakra, in my assessment, is associated with the eyes. The eyes see. Uh, the more the eyes can see is comparable to the more the heart can accept, which leads to greater understanding. Uh, the more the ears can hear, the more we may discern distinction in um, vibration, vibratory discernment. I hear the bird. I hear the air conditioner. Uh, I can hear my heart. That kind of vibratory discernment of the ears is the basis of wisdom. It's comparable to wisdom. And the eyes and the ears unified is the true eye becoming single, which is really um, activation of sixth and seventh chakra. Thine eye become single is very much third eye, right? The third eye. The third eye is the sixth chakra, Ajna which rock correlates with the pineal gland. Some traditions correlate to the pituitary. Uh, the unification of seeing and hearing is the position of higher self. The higher self or the realization of unified self, that all is one and one is all, uh, is ultimately a unification of, uh, of course it's a unification of love wisdom. And it's a resolution of the apparent duality that is manifest by two eyes and two ears. And um, interestingly then, um, this, as Ross says, the light of love, meaning uh, love light, or light love, light as vibratory expression of love, um, has certain characteristics, certain intrinsic internal geometries or ratios, or qualities. And one of them, as Ross says, is the infinite whole paradoxically described by the straight line. And that's like the Pink Floyd album, Dark Night of the Soul, not Dark Night of the Soul. Uh, wow, I forgot that album. How about that, the, the moon? Oh, wow, I forgot that Pink Floyd album. I lost my, I lost my adolescence. Anyway, the Pink Floyd uh, album, which is famous from the 70s, which is a back cover black with a stream of light coming to the front cover that goes through a triad or a pyramid, a pyramid or prism, comes out as the seven rays. <clears throat> that um, straight line 
um, is, in my understanding, comparable to the infinite whole. So the infinite whole, paradoxically described by the straight line, is shown on that Pink Floyd album as the straight line that comes out of the void, out of blackness void. That is the manifestation of infinity as a straight line. And that, um, that intrinsic manifestation or intrinsic geometric ratio mathematic, the mathematics of infinity, <laughs> the mathematics of light. Uh, paradox, Ross says, this paradox, the paradox of uh, infinite infinity, the infinite whole, which can be described as, described by, or appear as a straight line. That paradox is the cause or responsible for the shape of the various physical illusion entities or the shape of solar systems, galaxies, planets, being uh, tending towards the lenticular. That lenticular is actually the expansion of the straight line, which is the appearance of infinity, or an appearance of infinity. So infinity may appear as a straight line, like on the Pink Floyd album, and that straight line as an appearance of infinity expands into the lenticular, which just so happens look like to look like the eyes. It's the eye of God, absolutely. It's the eye of infinity. So galaxies and solar systems, galaxies and planets, um, but particularly galaxies um, and, and stars, I would say, um, are, uh, you know, have their form uh, as a manifestation comparable to the eye of infinity. Infinity, you know, uh, appears, um, the light of, you know, infinity manifests as light, that light shines through the eye of a solar system and a galaxy. So the solar systems and the galaxies um, are the eyes of infinity shining forth. 1310, and then we'll go a little bit more, and then we'll end for today. Um, Don thinks he made a mistake. Ross said, you can question me any manner you deem appropriate. Um, Don says, taking the question previous to the one I asked about galaxies and planets, tell me, would you tell me the next step that occurred after that step? So we're trying to go step by step. Interestingly, Ross says, the steps, as you call them, meaning you're calling them steps, you're assuming linearity, you're assuming temporal sequence, time, you're assuming distinction between uh, events. You're, dis you're assuming that these are separate events in a time sequence. Ross says the steps, as you call them, are, at the point of question, simultaneous and infinite. Infinite steps, no steps. <laughs> simultaneous, no time. Simultaneity, true simultaneity. So, you know, uh, from the, from the, from the from what we call the focalizing of infinity into aware infinity, or the focalizing of infinity uh, into awareness, or as awareness, infinite awareness, infinite intelligent, intelligent infinity, to the manifestation of light, meaning the birth of galaxies and stars, particularly, uh, though there is no step, those are not steps. We can call them steps, 
but they're really infinite for um, non-separate, non, non simultaneous. And so, you know, this is infinity. <laughs> you can't talk about infinity in the language of finity. Finity don't explain infinity. That's why, uh, you know, all good Taoists know that emptiness is empty. All good Chan Buddhists know that emptiness is empty. So the talk of emptiness is not emptiness. Lao Tzu said, the talk of the way is not the way. The way that can be spoken is not the way. Absolutely not. The words infinity, the word infinity is not infinity. The word unity is not unity. We can talk about unity only in the means of duality. And we can talk about infinity only by the conceptualizations of finity. So the Buddha said, don't talk about cosmology. <laughs> Gautama said, don't worry about cosmology. When you, when you get there, you'll know it. Meanwhile, we're talking about cosmology. 13.12, Don's kind of trying to figure this out on the fly. Can you tell me how intelligent infinity became intelligent infinity became individualized from itself? And Ross says, this is an appropriate question, which is the, the, the focalizing of the boundless into the bounded. From infinity through awareness with infinite power into intelligent uh, energy. How does that happen? And Ross says, and this is a very nice paragraph too, 13, 12. The intelligent infinity discerned a concept. This concept was discerned due to freedom of will of awareness. This concept was finity. All of creation, by the way, is an expression of the concept of finity. That's why Ross said the concept of light. Light is a concept. Finity is a concept. Creation is a concept. Going back to Ross. This was the first and primal paradox or distortion of the law of one. Thus, the one intelligent infinity invested itself in an exploration of manyness. Due to the infinite possibilities of intelligent infinity, there is no ending to manyness. The exploration thus is free to continue infinitely in an eternal present. The eternal present is the pre-temporal intelligent awareness or intelligent infinity. Uh, infinite awareness or aware infinity, intelligent infinity, uh, lives in an eternal present. And in fact, we live in an eternal present, although we have the experience of the appearance of time and space. So with the appearance and the experience, therefore, of the appearance of time and space, past, present, future, um, we live our life. Meanwhile, this is an eternal present because light is a concept, finity is a concept, and creation is the manifestation of light and finity, the concepts of light and finity. And so, meanwhile, um, what appears within time and space is uh, infinite exploration of the one in an eternal present. So, intelligent infinity discerned a concept. Um, this is the awareness of in, that was recognized. You see, infinity um, cannot be... Uh, infinity is, is uh, the reality of um, 
non-differentiation. I mean, again, we're, you know, all these words are poor, but we'll try. Infinity is non-differentiated. The infinity becoming aware is a differentiation. That differentiation of, of infinity becoming aware. You see, Gautama said, even consciousness is born of ignorance. Even awareness is born of ignorance, or is a concept, finite concept, or a focalizing of that which, you know, need not be focalized. But the uh, infinity, intelligent infinity discerned a concept. Now you can say that maybe Ra's saying that after infinity becomes aware, it becomes intelligent infinity, right? Aware infinity. Then that aware infinity discerns the concept uh, due to its own infinite will awareness, freedom. Its own freedom of will of awareness. Freedom will awareness. Um, meaning the awareness of infinity has free will. <laughs> it has infinite will and infinite freedom. So the infinite freedom and will of awareness, which is the focusing of infinity, then discerns the concept of finity. Aha! There can be such a thing as finity. In fact, even the, you know, the focalizing into, of the infinite into awareness, by awareness, as awareness, is itself uh, the approach to finity, or is approach is itself kind of... Um, a contraction. Uh, anyway, this aware infinity discerns the concept of finity or limitation, which is uh, that which uh, is infinite appearing as that which is not infinite. This was the first and primal paradox. It's not really a paradox, but we can consider it a paradox or distortion of the law of one. Ra always says the first distortion of the law of one is the law of free will, which is the law of confusion. That's why it's called a paradox, because um, the experience of free will is born of confusion. It's born of a distortion or a um, differentiation of infinity. So differentiation here can be, differentiation of infinity is synonymous with distortion. So the first distortion of the law of one, the first distortion, Ross says, is the law of free will. The law of free will is called the law of confusion. The exercise of, of will in the exploration or awareness of, of finity is itself confusion. That's why creation is a concept. Light is a concept. This is a very important statement that light is the concept of light. It is not a reality, or it's a reality, it's a real concept. Ross said that the notion of ego is a concept. We find this concept unworkable, and understanding or fourth chakra activation, understanding cannot come from it. So we're living, you know, that's why Ross said, you are dancing thoughts. You're living in your, you know, there's no matter in the universe. <laughs> You're not living in a material universe. You are dancing thoughts. The appearance and experience of matter, which is a downstepping of energy, which is an appearance or manifestation of light, which is a concept, which is the result of the action of free will or infinite freedom of will of awareness exploring or recognizing, recognizing then exploring the concept of finity, um, 
is, an, is itself an expression of confusion, or at least a distortion of the law of one. But, you know, the distortion is the one anyway, so form is emptiness. So we can call it a distortion, it's a modulation or a stepping down or a differentiation. It's not really a problem because it's not separate. So the seven rays are not separate from the black void that gave birth to the one light. Ugh. So <laughs> infinity, the infinite void, darkness, pre-luminal, pre-luminal, pre-creation, awareness, uh, infinity, you know, infinite awareness, uh, pre-luminal, before light, give birth to the one light to the straight line, which according to the triad of free will and love generates light, the seven rays. The seven rays are ultimately not separate from the void that gave birth to the first light that differentiated to the seven. We can call them distortions and it, it's ultimately an identity. If you ain't high by now, you must, you must not be awake. Anyway, this exploration thus is free to continue infinitely in an eternal present. Let us enjoy the eternal present. Chong Su said, "Jump, uh, leap into the boundless and make it your home. Taoists, you know, are much cooler than Buddhists. They may not be higher, but they have more fun. Leap into the boundless and call it your home. Due to the infinite possibilities of intelligent infinity, there is no ending to manyness. And Ross said, there is no end to your beingness. There is no end to your beingness. So why don't we end here? <laughs> no end to your beingness, but there is an end for today's session. Let's end here. I have fun. I had fun. I hope you had fun too. Cosmology is fun. It isn't enlightenment, but it's fun. I think it's fun. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to my talking. I really appreciate. If you weren't listening, I wouldn't be talking. So, so, uh, let's call that the day. And um, next week we'll start with thirteen thirteen, and go from there through the end of the session. Fourteen more questions or so more talk about cosmology, and then first density, second density, and a little bit about harvest. So let's do our question time. Um, both. <laughs> I mean, that's the, 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 that's the thing about reality, is both the absolute view and the relative view are true, or um, can be called true and real. So there really is time and space. And, there, and time and space really is, is empty of significance or it's a concept in the mind of, the in, of infinity. So, yes, there really is a start, beginning, and end to galaxies. And to, so certainly to planets and stars, you know, supernovas and uh, black holes and all that. So there really is a, a birth uh, development existing, birth, old age, sickness, and death for planets, stars, galaxies, yeah, sure. There is birth, aging, decay, and passing away. And that occurs, um, that, that is um, an appearance of infinity, or the timeless, which is not created, has never been created. It's the uncreated. 
So yes, there is, and um, yes, there isn't. <laughs> yes, there is beginning and end, and yes, there is no beginning and end. That, that's as much as I can I could say on that. So um, there is continual birth and and um, you know birth and uh, aging and passing away of all that is conditioned or all that is created. All that is created is conditioned, and therefore, if it's born, it will die. It will whatever arises passes away. Period. Because even even though it's thought, even though light is a concept, and the whole thing is just the concept of finity, right? Creation is the concept of finity. Um, yet that concept has a birth, aging, and death, coming, arising, and passing away. Absolutely. Meanwhile, it's all a concept, and so it's actually an illusion, in the sense that um, although we experience birth aging and death of stars, planets, galaxies, um, that appearance is, is itself an illusion. It's all conceptual. It's all mind, it's all thought form. Again, the answer is both. <laughs> you know, the answer is both always, actually, in terms of relative view and absolute view of anything. Uh, we experience, um, or we can certainly perceive uh, change, which is development. Um, we experience linearity or time, which surely um, shows development. By that, we can say, and you know, that the logoi, the creators, and the one infinite or infinity, is developing, and can surely be seen as as a being. You know. Um, in Hinduism, they always personify gods. They even personify, um, you know, creation itself. Uh, that can surely be seen as a infinite beingness that um, wishes to develop itself by its self-exploration. <coughs> now, it can also be seen as... Um, Timeless and unchanging, in that uh, what we, what can be see what can be perceived or considered uh, linear development, linear no sequence of development, is also the exploration of infinity as it is. And so it, there's nothing being developed; it's just being explored. It's the exploration of the experience of uh, development. <laughs> Explora it's the infinite exploration of the appearance of infinite development which is all the which is all actually a concept in the in the awareness of infinity so by the focusing of infinity into awareness as uh, infinite awareness or intelligent infinity by that process by that focalizing is set into motion um, a simultaneous, nonlinear um, sequence, <laughs> what appears as a sequence, or a, a infinite blossoming, which we can only perceive in a linear sequential way, because that's the limitation of our awareness. We're still, you know, we we're not, we don't we don't 
experience infinite awareness or aware infinity. We don't get that yet. Uh, but uh, from our position, we can surely say that this um, infinity of light or boundless light or light differentiation into galaxies and planets and stars is developing in form and in consciousness. Right? We surely can say we see that. And we surely can imagine or perceive some sense that it as a great unified being, you know, totality, the totality of creation as an expression of infinity itself, which can be perceived as a beingness, the beingness of infinity, <laughs> infinite being, uh, is exploring itself as it appears to develop. Um, meanwhile, there's a certain illusion to our, you know, the, the perception of change and development is also illusory or empty in that um, it's based on differentiation or discernment or perception. So the highest um, trance or stage of absorption in Buddhism, uh, it's actually called the ninth jhana. The, the jhana, J-H-A-N-A, jhanas, are the trances or the absorptions, um, the highest states uh, of that, uh, the ninth one, which is actually not in all systems, is the cessation of sensation and perception. There's no more there's no more perception and no more, no more sensation, no more perception. <laughs> what the hell is that? <clears throat> what What is the beingness that is free of perception. Well, that's infinity. And no words apply. That's nibban, nirvana, blowing out of the, the thirst for becoming or the perception of becoming. So at that in that, which cannot be categorized, right? That no categories apply, Gautama said. Uh, you surely cannot say there's development and you can't even say there's exploration there's infinity. So there is and there isn't both. And reality is not captured by assertion or denial. Okay? Yeah, yeah, this is really a fifth, sixth, seventh chakra playing, you know. There's no way to fully grasp it and, you know, everything I said <laughs> is empty too. <laughs> Because the whole thing is a concept, and the whole thing is, is empty of substantial uh, reality. But the concepts, you know, if you can follow along uh, somewhat, <clears throat> it's very useful for developing the higher chakras. You know, this kind of talking is very helpful in some way, so long as you don't make a big deal out of it. It's very helpful for fifth, sixth, seventh chakra play interaction. So good night, everyone, and uh, be well. Thank you again. And see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye.